Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome back my really good friend, Glenn Stromberg. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing great also. Thanks for having me. How does the great state of Texas treat you? It's 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 all good. It's all good. Texas is a great state. And uh, yeah, we're getting some rain today. So yeah, it's uh, we need it. And uh, yeah, things are good. Things are good. So that's great to hear. So any, any particularly good news on family front? Just, you know, always just two two quick sentences about the family. Everybody good? Everybody in my family is doing really good. Yep. Very blessed. And if everybody's doing good. And how about yours? They're all doing great. Thank yeah. God. So yeah. that's 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 great. Um Anyway, let, let's jump into uh, the business of real estate in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And also, we can talk a little bit about where you're you investing in other states like the Carolinas. Right. Uh, and the I guess the, the manufactured homes, to be exact. Not the mobile home, but the manufactured homes. Right. How is that business doing? We are you know, in the fall uh, of 2022. The Fed is pushing rates. People are concerned about the economic economic conditions getting uh, worse um, and uh, how things are going in uh, in the markets you operated well good I mean what 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 I look at is this and I always I always say this you know no matter how bad things get people are going to eat first have a roof over their head second right that's that's pretty much the you know everything else is negotiable right and you know as well as I do affordable housing I don't think there's ever been an affordability housing shortage like there is today right America's down what five six million houses depending on how you, you look at it so yeah we we our, our demand is off the charts for you know like I say our, our leasing calls are ringing off the hook and um you know what you said about the interest rates and the, you know the capital markets things like that I'll just pause for a second here because back in 2000 before the 2008 crash happened I was buy fixing and flipping manufactured homes you know most of our homes are 1500 2000 square feet on a half an acre to an acre track of land and when the markets when the deal crashed the capital markets froze so it really forced me into my current model which is buying them fixing them up putting a tenant in there property managing it we turnkey some and we we also we also created a fund now for investors too that we we can talk about later but um but but basically I like to look at it as it's a recession resistant model, right? No matter how bad things get, like I say, if people can't buy more people rent and we're, we're seeing it, uh, you know, like there's always a lot of people looking to rent. Right. But, uh, but it's, we're, we're seeing a real uptick in that right now. And, uh, you know, in the Dallas Fort Worth area, the average three bedroom, the average three bedroom house now is, is 2,500 a month. So, you know, it's, it's uh, $2,500 a month rent. That is correct. That's the average. If you were to buy it, what, what would you pay for it? You know, I mean, obviously it depends, you know, that includes apartment complexes, everything else, right? You know, uh, single family homes are, you know, probably the starter home now is probably, you know, 350, somewhere in there, 350, 400. And, you know, that, that's kind of where the starter home is. Where, How about where, mobile home? Oh, no, ours ours are like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be somewhere between 90 and 120 is what we're going to buy them for, right? And that's going to, you know, they're worth more. You're still buying 90 to 120 uh, for a product that you're renting at 2500 a month no 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 we're not renting for 2500 a month our, ours rent for like around 1700 a month 
in the Dallas Fort Worth area here, seventeen to eighteen, somewhere in that. It's, it rents for that, but it's uh, still a pretty good ratio. If you rent seventeen to eight hundred a month, and the cost basis is, is one hundred and twenty thousand, that's that's a, that's that's a, like one and a half percent. It's a phenomenal ratio, yeah, and that's 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 the beauty of what we do because it's uh, you know you know usually usually less than half half the price of a single family home and rents are proportionally you know much higher so that that's 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 why we like our space that's remarkable by the way something really important uh and i'm just curious are the rents up recently on these uh manufactured homes oh absolutely you, what kind of rent inflation are you seeing rent kind of year over year now you know we that's that's it's hard to even track i mean but it's it's you know, somewhere in the vicinity of thirty percent. You know, we we've we've raised some from twelve hundred to, like I say, seventeen hundred. Uh, you know, it, it depends on the area, but uh, we're seeing tremendous, you know, tremendous appreciation, tremendous. And one thing for your listeners, just so they don't get confused on this, when people hear about manufactured homes, they think of parks, right? These are not parks. These are on half acre to one acre parcels of land. They have a deed of trust or a mortgage on them, just like a single family home. This so, is not a trailer in a, in a trailer park, right? This, this is a real home that has just been manufactured at a um, factory and delivered and then installed on land and basically kind of hardwired to the land. It's manufactured correct. home, but it's not a mobile home. You can, that you is can correct. Like, that you is know, correct. Try, try the thing out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they really are built to the same specification as single family homes. If people haven't looked at them in a while, same flooring, same size, you know, they, they, they can be tape and texture, granite countertops. They're just, they're, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. So. So they they look like a duck. They quack like a duck. Yeah. They are a duck. They, they are a, a home, right? They, they, they just co-manufactured versus they, they build it right there on site, right? That's the only difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I appreciate that clarification. Um, so I'm really impressed to hear that the rents over year over year could be as high as 30%. I was expecting to hear like 10%, but from what I'm hearing is it's still, it's, it's, it's rent inflation is far outpacing uh, uh, the inflation, just the general reported inflation, right? And, and is the trend going to continue? Uh, but I want to make one, one quick comment. So I'm not surprised that the rent demand is increasing. This is a general substitution effect when the rates go up. People can afford to buy. I mean, think about this, right? right. People who buy, they generally get financing. Yeah. In, in, in order to get financing, you, you need to qualify based on your income. And as interest rates go up, the payment factor goes up substantially. And people just can't qualify under debt-to-income ratio. Yes. So what choice do they have? They still want to live in a good area. They wind up renting instead of buying it. Right. And, you know, the other, the other factor, Mike, is like in the Dallas Forward area here, you know, the last time I looked, they say there's 3,000 people a week moving to the Dallas Fort Worth area. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're growing rapidly. You can feel the traffic, you know, you can feel the traffic. It seems like every, every couple of months, it feels like it's more and more like, uh, you know, we, we'll see the Saturday traffic jams now too. So it's, yeah, people are moving here and they need a place to stay. And so, yeah. And, you know, like I say, the, uh, you know, the other factor is, you know, you, depending who you listen to, they say that 62% of Americans are living check to check, right? That's, that's somewhere in that neighborhood. And you think about that with inflation, with, you know, who knows what the real inflation rate is. I believe it's a lot more than the CPI index for sure. But, uh, but it's between, you know, it, it's, like I say, people are, people are, you know, it's, it's, it's squeezing people, right? So there's, it's even magnified the demand for, you know, for affordable, even more for affordable housing. So. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, the biggest problem for an average American is inflation. 
for the reason that uh, paycheck to, to paycheck people or folks who are on fixed income, they can't tolerate this type of uh, inflation because they're they're paid. If they're social security recipients on just pension years, the pension doesn't go up. Right. Uh, and then the uh, uh, the folks that work, the salaries don't go up nearly as much as the inflation. And right. that's been the biggest problem uh, for for American. What's really uh, unfair is that all these government stimuluses that took place, most of the dollar, those dollars found themselves in the hands of ultra wealthy. So during the, the COVID uh, epidemic, the ultra wealthy got substantially wealthier. And then unfortunately, the average Joe hasn't fared as well. And that's the reality. That's By the way, that's the reason the Fed is fighting uh, to get inflation under control. Because if they don't, the problem is just so massive for a lot of people. And the, the only tool they have is the interest rates. So let's go back to um, investing in uh, manufactured home business. So how do folks invest in a business uh, with you? Just again, explain the classic model. I know you got a fund going. So just talk a little bit about the fund. Uh, just curious what it's new. Last time we talked, you didn't have a fund. Now you have right. to do yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, as you know, we 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 do we do turnkey too, right? We we sell turnkey to our investors. We property manage it for them. They're totally passive, and we we do, you know, we we buy it, we 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 rehab it for them. We 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 property manage it. We have a property our our company has a property management company inside of it, and so we do all that for them, right? Our fund was, and the reason we came up with the fund really was, I you know, talking to our investors. They really, they really wanted it, right? Uh, so what we tried to do was we tried to come up with a fund that, you know, a lot of people right now are a little bit nervous with all the market conditions, right? So, so we call it the affordability, uh, the affordability, the affordability housing fund, right? It's 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 mobile vested is the name of the fund, and if if anybody, any of your listeners want to, you know, check it out and get the, the the slide deck and all that good stuff, the PPM, it's at info at mobilevested.com. But uh, we set it up, we tried to do it both for short-term investors and long-term investors, right? We set it up with, with a year uh, with, with a year hold. Uh, it's an eight pref where our projected return is 10% for the year. So that is, that is one option for the short-term people who are looking for a safe place to put their money and just you know, park the money for a year why everything in the economy shakes out, right? The eventually the eventual goal of the fund is, and obviously we can't guarantee this, and so we don't we 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 didn't we don't put this in our pro forma or anything. But the the goal is to season it for two years, sell it to a hedge fund for a big multiple. You know, it could be a big payday there. So, so uh, you know, obviously it's a place where people can set it, forget it. We're you know we just opened it at the end of last month. We've we've already raised a couple million dollars, and and uh, we're 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 really only looking to raise five to ten million on this first one. So, but a uh, couple of the other benefits are uh, we are the, the investor will get the depreciation. They can compound the money. You know they can obviously take the cash flow or compound it, and uh, it's 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 both for accredited and non-accredited investors too. We can take we can take non-accredited investors and. Um, we also put a uh, it's got a 30 percent equity split. So it is an equity. It is an equity fund. And uh, for the one year, you know, for, you know, for the one year hold. And then if people um, 50,000 is the minimum, if they put in a half million, we give them a 50, a 50 percent equity split. And if they put in a million, we give them a 70 percent equity split. So that's 
kind of the quick overview of it. But like I say, to to you know to get the information, it's on it's on the info at mobilevested.com if anybody wants the information, you know, all the information on it. So yeah, Glenn, thank you for explaining it. So just just to recap, if I understood you correctly, if somebody writes a hundred k check and they only want to stay for a year, they get eight pref and thirty percent of the upside. And then yeah. if they uh, stay for longer, well, if they write a bigger check, half a million, they get eight pref and fifty percent of the upside. And if they write a million dollar check, they get uh, thirty. Uh, they get seventy seventy five percent above. Yeah. Did you say seventy five or 70? 70, 70, 70 above eight percent pref. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. That, that that's that's a you know that's a reasonable terms. Yeah. Uh, and then um, it invests pretty much in these type of just buying the properties and renting them out. That's the absolutely, absolutely. We're we're putting all performing assets in there. Uh, you know they're already performing, and so yes, they're they're. Is this an open ended fund or closed ended? It's an open open ended fund. Yes, open ended fund. Are, are you going to do what what is known as a quarterly mark to market? You're going to value the portfolio on a quarterly basis. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've got our, we've got our administrator, Juniper Square and, you know, they're, yeah, I think that's part of, part of what we, you know, what, what they do. Yes. Well, the reason it's important, we obviously on open-ended and closed-ended funds and with open-ended funds, as new people come in later, how do you make it fair to the old and the new people? And the only way to make it fair is to value it periodically. Correct. Time to time. So, and okay. yeah, and yeah, so yeah, that's absolutely. That makes sense. And, um, yeah, as an open-ended fund in general, you don't have an expiration date, but that's a pretty interesting strategy to build a portfolio and then try to sell it to a hedge fund and then give everyone exit at that time, which is, it's most people will, will be happy uh, to get a good upkick uh, if you can find a great buyer at a great price. So yeah, you probably have to build build big enough portfolio, big enough critical mass. The hedge funds are probably not going to go for a small fund. You need to build, Correct. I don't know, big enough. Oh no, we 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 plan on doing this. You know, like I say, this will be a big part of our a big part of our you know strategy going forward. Yes, it's uh, it's, it's been very popular among our investors, and so yeah, it's it's uh, it's you know, like I say, we 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 still have a you know we, we want to offer both, right? We do want to offer the turnkey so people could be in the asset as an inflation hedge, and then this is you know they're 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 an equity investor in this too, so they've got inflation hedge on this one too. So that's that's. But uh, but yeah, we wanted to give a shorter a shorter term shorter term option to to our investors. So yeah, makes sense. So you're going to give them one year lock in uh, period, and then beyond that, they can redeem for an open ended fund. They, they can work. redeem. Yeah, they they can redeem if they want to. They can like I say, set it, forget it. It's it both qualified money, non qualified money. So yeah, either one. So well, it's actually great to hear that you put it together. We talked about this in the past, and yes, being a fund manager, I certainly can appreciate uh, the fact that you launched a fund in your niche area of expertise. Yeah, this is your this is your strength, and um, running a fund a little bit different experience than uh, doing one off deals. It's a beauty and a curse. Yeah, so if you learn a little bit about that, there's more work involved managing a fund than uh, individual assets, but at the same time. It also gives you a little more flexibility as a fund manager to make your investment decisions. You don't have to sell individual property to an individual investor. So, right. but plenty of people would would prefer to give it the money to you and let you make the decisions what to buy with it. So, from yeah, that right. perspective, it's a great great choice. Yeah, but let's continue the the conversation. So, where do you see things going into twenty twenty three? And and it's a crystal ball question, and nobody yeah. knows and. I just again love to crack this joke. Crystal ball broke. Looking for another one for sale. Can't find another one. Right. But all that aside, you you have a pretty good feel. Demographic. Uh, sorry. The the I guess 
uh, well, you can call it demographic change or people moving into Dallas area is going to continue. Right. That trend is probably not going to go away. So you can expect expect some level of population growth, uh, but the economy will start slowing down. It's almost inevitable. Uh, Dallas has enjoyed a great run for uh, a long time. It, be, it becomes difficult to um, believe that's that thirty percent, you know, year over year growth is sustainable. Right. What do you think on a forward basis things going to look like? At least, boy, you know, Mike, I tell you, like I said, of course, I don't have a crystal ball, and uh, you know, I, I. You know, my personal opinion is America is an uncharted territory. You know, we I don't think we you know, it's it's we've just I don't ever remember it in my career with the inflation like it is. You know, I, I you know, the the projections for oil for oil prices that to me, that's the that's that's a black swan. That could be a black swan if, uh, you know, if 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 oil goes to 150, 200 dollars a barrel, which some people are calling for, um, you know, the Russia, Ukraine, the Russia, Ukraine deal. There's, you know, I was at the American Association of Private Lenders last week in Las Vegas, and they had three, three, three economists on there. And I can tell you, they're not painting a good picture for 2023. They're, you know, they're, you know, they think there's going to be a downtick in, in, in lots of stuff. Right. I mean, and so uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's my, you know, I, I, I always want to hope, I, I hope for the best, right. I hope for the best plan for the worst, but, uh, but it's, you know, I, I guess I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worried. I don't see nothing in Washington that they're doing to combat this. That's the part that kind of, I don't see like, you know, raising interest rates. Yes, that, 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 that technically makes a difference on inflation to some degree, but I, I don't know if that's going to be the answer. I think, I don't think that's, that's the answer. And if they raise interest rates too much, it could slow down the economy. You know, it could, it could, it could, it could mess up the economy. So, um, I always defer to the experts and, and listen to them. And uh, but uh, but I think twenty twenty three could be a could be a could be a tough year from what I'm from what the people I'm listening to are saying. Yeah, I appreciate that, that thought. And uh, in general, that's the consensus. Um, the U.S. energy policy, unfortunately, not going to change. And uh, U.S. has plenty of energy, and um, the yeah, uh, it's going to be a tag of war between uh, restricted supply and uh, softening demand. So the 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 rate uh, increases are, 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 it's a demand destruction. There's no better way to put it. Just the question is what happens just on the energy front, how much demand they destroy, how fast uh, versus um, what the, you know, limited supply of new or new oil is going to. Yeah, and, and the other thing, like I say, and I, I think it's a pre-election deal, right? But they've been going through the, the strategic the strategic reserves, right? Which that's not a good thing either, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that story. And then uh, the, this is the argument that the um, the change the, the change in in, um, in supply, right? I mean, right now they're increasing the supply through the release of the, of the uh, strategic reserve. But in general, 1% in the supply change supposed to manifest itself uh, to, to a degree of 5% in oil, yeah. right? So right. I, I don't know what the strategic energy uh, reserve release, uh, what percentage of a total oil consumption, um, but it is very possible the oil will go back up uh, over $100 a barrel. And 125 or 150 or 200 a barrel, that would be catastrophic for most of the people in this country. You know, you, you think about, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the gas, gas prices, every, everything's affected by it and it, it would be catastrophic. I mean, you know, and you look what's going on in Europe right now. I mean, they're, 
you know, you they may have a they may have a really cold winter out there, right? With the because they were so dependent on on Russia for you know for the the natural gas and everything. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't I don't know, but uh, hopefully we'll start drilling for oil and and uh, it will get better. But uh, I just don't see anyone anyone pushing for that right now. That's the problem. It, by the way, uh, <laughs> even if there was a change of policy, it takes a while to bring it, new production. Absolutely so unfortunately. Absolutely. That that would not immediately solve the problem, and, and not taking uh, political position here. I I am all pro U.S. energy policy. I wish we were a little bit more uh, smart about um, producing energy locally, and uh, unfortunately, it's not changing anytime soon. Even if the composition of the Congress changes, the White House is still going to be uh, <laughs> Joe Biden is going to be running the show, and he. I, I, <laughs> I don't think he's running the show. That's the. I, I was going to say I was going to let you say it, but I don't think he is either. So, but that's my take. So yes, I agree. I well, agree. That, that aside, um, uh, the let's go back to the kind of your neck of the woods, and we, we can go. I love economic discussion, but we'll leave it for the economists. Yeah, right, right. So, what steps can you take as a fund manager uh, or as an investor to prepare for the worst? Uh, obviously, we don't know how severe a recession is going to be. Um, I've heard a number of recent corporate layoffs. And that's, by the way, that's by design. That th- th- This high interest rates will cause layoffs. Yeah. This is exactly what they want. They want companies to start cutting employees. And, and that's supposed to start uh, slowing inflation. Right. So they, they're getting sort of exactly what they want. Now, maybe they want soft lending. They're probably going to get a lot harder lending. Nobody wants to say it, but it's probably what's going to happen. Right. Uh, but what can steps can you take in your business to prepare for um, uh, economic slowdown and how would it manifest itself in your industry? Well, and once again, I, you know, my whole model was based on the 2000, my 2008 experience. And because in 2000, like I say, when in 2008, when the capital markets froze, you know, I, I had 18 properties. I couldn't, I couldn't give one away. There was just no, there was, you know, there were the FHA financing all dried up, everything at the time. So therefore I did the rental model, right? The rental model. And so what I learned was that, and, and I, I still, I've got to believe this, right? That, you know, no matter how bad things get, like I say, people are going to need a roof over their head. So I feel very good about, about that, right? The shortage of the, the, the affordable housing, everything else. So to me, that's the key thing. That's the key thing to where, you know, you've got a good, a good solid affordable asset underlying whether it's a funder if you own it or whatever so um that's the you know to me that's the main that's the main step that i can do the main thing that i can do to you know try to try to provide a uh you know a good a good safe relative you know no, nothing nothing's risk-free we all we all know that nothing's risk-free because you know, like COVID, none of us, how could any of us have projected COVID, right? You just couldn't, you couldn't do it, right? You don't know if there's another COVID coming, you don't know, but, uh, you know, putting the odds in your favor, um, you know, I get asked the question sometimes, what keeps me up at night, right? And I get asked that question and, you know, the only thing that does is, is the government, right? If, if they come, if they, if they come in and start doing what they did with COVID and, you know, start, start things like that, then like I say, if they, if, if they start doing that, I think we're all, you know, we're all in trouble. We're all in trouble then. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, you just, just got to try to put the odds in your favor the best that you can. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. And I certainly see see your picture. If you're renting for seventy million, get hundred dollars for a house, and you're buying it for hundred twenty thousand, I mean, you don't really even care what happens with the uh, value of the of the house. The house value can drop as long as you cash flow. You could survive pretty much anything. Yeah, and that's that's that that's the whole key, right? You know, it's the old it's the old thing that. Uh, you know, our mutual friend David Phelps always says the house doesn't the house, the house doesn't know what it's worth. You know, but it, it's all about the cash flow, right? The house it doesn't care. You just don't sell during the downtimes. That's all. You just don't sell during the downtimes. By the way, in this environment uh, with these high interest rates, uh, this ratio is still incredibly healthy. And and yeah. uh, relatively speaking, there are very few asset classes where you can get that kind of cash on cash, even with a higher debt service. Um, because of the ratio one and a half percent, so I, I have to say that that's definitely impressive. Anyway, we we are uh, almost out of time. Once again, would you be so kind as to share with folks how would they get a hold of you? Uh, one more time, the website for your fund. Yeah, and, um, yeah, they can they, they can uh, you know email me at at, at Glenn G L E N N at Stromberg S T R O M B E R G investmentgroup.com. And then if they want information on the fund, just go to info at mobilebested, M-O-B-I-L-E-B-E-S-T-E-D.com. And uh, they can get the information on the fund. And um, But either way, yep, I'd be happy to answer any questions and help anyone that I can. And, uh, and you know, and, and once again, Mike, I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Thank you, Glenn. I'm, I'm honored to have you on the podcast and uh, always love to hear your feedback. Um, it's a, it's a very different world. <laughs> Texas versus New York, you, you guys live in a different country. So um, I, I'm really grateful to hear you know, in uh, in Dallas area. And, and well, it's funny. And you, I, think, well. you know, I think, you know, I grew up in the, I grew up in the, in the Chicago area. So yeah, it's, I talked to my friends there. It's different up there too. So yeah, Texas, Texas is a, it's a, I like it. It's a good state. It's a good state. So yeah, it's a great state. Thank you. Glenn. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.